to the Bards FM podcast. This is Scott Kesterson, and tonight you're listening to a conversation with Dr. Brian Artis, part one. This war is real. Fighting is everything. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Tempt not the righteous man to draw his sword. Conviction, righteousness, ruthlessness. To understand tolerance, you have to understand the line of intolerance. War is the teacher, soldiers are the students. They become the bards of war. Good evening, patriots. And tonight we have absolutely a fantastic interview, part one of two. And that's with Dr. Brian Artis. Tonight's interview is approximately one hour. Tomorrow's interview is approximately the same. And you're going to get a chance to walk through a lot of his research to kind of take you from origin all the way to his many of his conclusions, which are amazing. This has been a very controversial interview. So what I'm asking people to do is to listen. If you're on the chat and you want to stir up a lot of trouble, well, you won't stay long. Let's just put it like that. This is a discussion point that's very important. And it will be clear that when we get through with this, that there's a lot of questions people will still have. And I asked many, but Dr. Artis does a fantastic job of walking everybody through where his research is, where it led him, what motivations he had, and also just the power of God's hand in all of this, which is rather profound. So Patriots, before we begin tonight, make sure you're getting a good night's sleep. It's so important. Sleep is absolutely essential to keep our immune system strong, our mind clear, and keep you active in this fight. You need good products to have good sleep, and those products come from MyPillow.com. Some of the most comfortable sheets you possibly can find on the market are the Giza cotton sheets. They're currently 60% off. You also have the MyPillow Classic, which is just an amazing pillow. That's running right now at about $19.98 per pillow, as low as. And then you also have the new Giza cotton pillow and many, many more things to include comforters, blankets, mattress toppers, mattresses, men's and women's sleepwear, my slippers, all the things you need, and all of them on heavy discounts and on sale. This is a direct-to-consumer company, and it's just working out great for patriots. Plus, it's being led by one of America's great CEOs, Mike Lindell. So head on over to MyPillow.com. Use your promo code BARDS, B-A-R-D-S, BARDS, B-A-R-D-S. You can use that promo code anywhere on the Frank Speech site, the MyStore site, and the MyPillow site. Also, if you want to see the latest specials and the features, go to MyPillow.com forward slash Bards. That's the Bards Nation's own landing page just for us. And thanks to all you patriots, we have that page. When you get there, you'll also see that one of the big specials right now is that when you use your promo code, you're going to get a free copy of Mike Lindell's book included free with every order. That's the story of him from addict to one of America's great CEOs. So again, MyPillow.com forward slash Bards. Use your promo code Bards. You won't be disappointed. You'll get hooked up with some of the great products. And And if you want to speak to a Patriot Pillow Counselor, a real person, you can call 800-975-2939, 800-975-2939. Patriots, one other thing, make sure that you are also boosting your immune system as we go because this is one heck of a fight. We are surrounded by the stresses and the environmental issues that are challenging our immune systems. And keeping our immune systems strong is essential to maintaining a strong position in this fight. Expedition Coffee was designed specifically to not only give you that energy boost you need that will sustain you across the entire day while boosting your immune system 
and help maintain a mental focus throughout the day. You can find Expedition Coffee, X-P-E-D, Expedition Coffee at expeditioncoffee.com. And there you'll also find a full range of products that are designed to work as a full health ecosystem, all designed to reclaim your personal health sovereignty. Those products include the Gut Health Triad, which helps heal and seal your gut. Leaky gut is one of the critical causes of sickness in our nation. You also have Immune XP, which is an immune booster based on pinecone extract with high levels of vitamin C. Earth, which is a nutrient powder, giving your body a full complement of nutrients you need. Just mix it with water, drink it like a shake. Do that once a day. And Pure 47, one of the most refined silver extracts on the market that can isolate most of the pathogens that you'll encounter. The products on ExpeditionCoffee.com are all designed to give you back the strength in your immune system to not only endure the challenges to the immune system, but to dominate and to rise above to reclaim your true health sovereignty. So check out Expedition, X-P-E-D, ExpeditionCoffee.com. Now, Patriots, we are in a time right now where we need strong people. Dr. Brian Artis is one of those. Whether or not you agree or disagree with him, if you've ever been in the crossfire of a national or global media event, you would you would understand the amount of pressure people have tried to put on him to shut him down. And worse are the number of people that simply, even conservatives, and many of them conservatives, are just saying to completely dismiss and try to discredit him. It's unbelievable. What we have to look at is really kind of like who we are. Good times create weak people. Weak people create bad times. Bad times create strong people. Strong people create good times. That's the history mm. of the world over and over and over again. Well, yes. we, need, we need strong people right now. So, like they say... Is it over or is it just beginning? <laughs> Hope you enjoy the music. Fasten your seatbelts. It's going to be a bumpy night. Please. All right, Patriots. Without, is it over? Is it? No, it's not over. Buckle up, because here it comes. First part of the interview with Dr. Brian Artis. Here we go. Well, Patriots, I'll tell you, I'm absolutely honored today to have Dr. Brian Artis with us. And as you know, if there's one man that has managed to shake the entire world with a fantastic perspective on what's going on with COVID, it is Dr. Brian Artis, who literally threw a grenade in the Wheaties of everybody. And we're now sitting here in the world reassessing everything that we know about COVID thanks to the research that he has brought forward. So, Dr. Artis, welcome to the show. It's such an honor to have you on today. Thank you very much, Scott Kesterson. It's great to see you. From Bards Fest to Grenades in the Wheaties. <laughs> That's exactly right. Well, let's start right from kind of the beginning on this and to kind of get some perspective and how you started to look at the issue of venom. This is fascinating in itself. Yeah, so great. Thank you. So I'm pretty much known as the remdesivir guy around the world. And I have to say, I hope people don't hate on this when I actually do this interview. I've actually heard people say that they can't trust this message or Dr. Artis because he smiles in his interviews. I've smiled in every interview I've ever done. <laughs> like, it's just my personality. So get over it. You should be excited that I figured out what's wrong with the world. All right, so here we go. I'm excited to tell you. It's exciting. You can you can actually solve the mystery now of why you are having long haulers, why you're struggling with brain fog, why it is your loved one died of myocarditis within days of getting the shots. 
That's all side effects of venom. You just didn't look at it. So here we go. It's very exciting to me that we can stop this damn agenda. All right, here we go. So what happened to me? I'm the remdesivir guy. I blew the whistle. Pretty much everybody says worldwide that I looked at a drug that Anthony Fauci said was proven safe and effective in two studies in May of 2020. I read the studies. They did not confirm that. The actual safety boards for those studies said it wasn't safe and it wasn't effective. It was the most deadly. And I just went into the media to tell the world he's lying to all of you. That, that was one of the first lies I realized around COVID. The hospitalized protocols or hospitalized COVID-19 patients was more deadly than the infection. So don't go there. They've set you up. They're setting you up as a death victim in the hospitals for like 30% of you. And that's what I've said. And that's what the data has proven out to be. So I've been nonstop educating and warning the world about the hospital protocol surrounding COVID. Well, in the midst of all of these interviews and the people that are in this movement, as you want to call it, and some of you now who are medical doctors dismissing yourselves from the movement as of me coming out with this grenade. Uh, I just want you to know, I had no intention of scaring the world. I wanted you to look at what I'm seeing and then see if it fills in the gaps for you. And then let's go prosecute some people. I was asked to go on an InfoWars interview with a substitute host named Kate Daly the last week of November of 2021. She asked me if I would actually come on the show to talk about monoclonal antibodies. Remember, I'm the remdesivir guy, and I've been telling people to go seek early treatment, and there's this early treatment called monoclonal antibodies that supposedly has great success. I don't really know a lot about it, but the week before, there's a doctor you're very close to, a doctor I'm very close to, who sent me six studies about monoclonal antibodies and said this, hey, doc, will you just look at these? Me, the chiropractor, hey, doc. Will you look at these studies with me and see if you come to the same conclusion I do? In these six research studies, they declare and disclose that they're getting monoclonal antibodies derived from the cancer cells of the spleens of pigs. And I was like, um, okay, so I don't know about you, but in my InfoWars interview, I was like, look, there's these six studies that make me wonder if we shouldn't just stick with the other early treatment options like hydroxychloroquine, ivermectin, budesonide. There's these monoclonal antibody studies saying they come from cancer cells. I don't know what the long-term ramifications is as a chiropractor and not a cancer specialist, but why would I inject cancerous material into your body? I don't know the long-term effects. Just pick the other stuff that doesn't cause cancer that's already working. That was basically my message in this whole hour interview. The next week, I get a text on December 1st, 2021 that changed my whole life. And I mean my whole life. And I wasn't expecting it. I didn't think it was coming. Remember, I'm the remdesivir guy. I'm just protecting people around the world from hospital deaths. And I get this text from a doctor I love and revere. His name is Dr. Richard Bartlett. He sends me a text on December 1st, 2021 that says, Hey, Dr. Artis, if you got, by, get by, got bit by a rattlesnake, would you go to a hospital and get antivenom? And that's all he said. And I was like, of course I would, in my head. Of course I would. Why are you asking me that? It has nothing to do with COVID. That's what I thought. Uh, and so I was like, wait a minute. Richard Bartlett knows me. I'm very close to him. I, I was like, he knows something I don't know about antivenom. And he knows how my brain works and how well I research stuff. He knew I would figure it out on my own. So I went online and I was like, what does he know about antivenom I don't know? And I could not believe that antivenom 
a, a lot of it, most of it is derived from monoclonal antibodies. And I was like, oh no. Richard Bartlett wanted me to just recognize in a very kind, gentle push. He wanted me to recognize that in a life-saving situation, if I got bit by a rattlesnake, that I would put my faith in monoclonal antibodies to save my life called antivenom. That's all he did. Notice that Richard Bartlett, who for the three months prior to my InfoWars Info interview, who has a monoclonal infusion antibody center he, he created and is treating thousands of people every month and saving lives. Notice that he didn't get pissed off at me. He didn't go into the media to ransack my reputation that I don't know what I'm talking about. I'm just a chiropractor, blah, blah, blah. Notice he didn't do that. He went like this. Dr. Artis just doesn't know something about monoclonal antibodies. I'm going to send him a text. He'll figure it out on his own. He didn't have to bastardize my character, you know, slander me in the media. He didn't say, I'm never going to be seen on a stage with him anymore. It's going to hurt my reputation, Pierre Corey. He didn't say that. He said, I'm just going to give this chiropractor with this, what he thinks is a brilliant mind for research. I'm just going to give him this little hint and he'll get it. And then he'll never do an interview like that again. And he's right. I was wrong about monoclonal antibodies. And I'm okay with that. And I'll still show up on stages and talk about it. I was wrong. It's okay. I was wrong. I didn't know. I had no idea. So what Richard Bartlett did not know, because I did not respond to this text, I was just like, oh, my God, wait a minute. In the next, like, 30 minutes, Scott, literally the whole pandemic of COVID-19, like, unraveled in my brain. All the things I thought I knew about the pandemic were being challenged. He didn't know that was going to happen. He was just trying to get me to understand that you would, Dr. Artis, trust monoclonal antibodies like our patients are and like doctors around the country are using like him. And I did. I took that to heart and I was like, oh, wait a minute, though. He didn't know my brain went like this. Hold up. If monoclonal antibodies work against COVID and monoclonal antibodies most often is antivenom to snake bites, why is it working against COVID? Why are monoclonal antibodies working 100% of the time almost to COVID? For you people out there who think this is an illogical question, that's weird. Or you don't think like I do and you're just cult follower sheep people. It went like this. Why does monoclonal antibodies that are anti-venom, why, why is it curing people of COVID? I thought in my head, I thought it came from bats. I didn't. I never heard that there was a suggestion that the source might have been snake, anything. So I'm in the shower thinking about all this and I was like, okay, this is going to be real easy to figure out. I'm going to get out of the shower and I'm going to look up and see if in the beginning of COVID, in the early months of 2020, was there any suggestion by researchers, geneticists, that the genetic sequences of SARS-CoV-2 or the spike proteins or any of their research, did they ever, ever suggest that there might have been a snake source to COVID-19? This is just four months ago, people, December 2021. We've been listening to a narrative for two years at that point that this comes from bats. <laughs> I have never heard anything about snakes ever. I went like this. Monoclonal antibodies treat COVID. Oh, my God. Monoclonal antibodies are antivenom and treat snake bites. Is there possibly a source, COVID-19, that I might be wrong, that it actually didn't come from a bat? To my shock, all I did was type in source of COVID snakes. And then the first thing that pops up is a CNN article from January 2020 that says snakes are the original source of the Wuhan coronavirus. And then it says there's two snakes that scientists found are the source for COVID. 
the Chinese crate snake, which is a venomous, deadly snake, and the Chinese king cobra. And I was like, what? And then there's, it's not just that article. There's tons of them. Medical journals like healthline.com, they had the same thing. Two snakes, my, most likely the, the source for COVID-19. And then the other ones were just like this. They were just suggestive. Scientists, they said from January to February of 2020, everywhere in the world, they were saying there's three possible sources scientists are looking at. Bats, snakes, and pangolins. Scott, did you know that snakes were even in consideration as being the source of COVID? Did you know that until now? I remember reading one article, but it got buried so fast it didn't stay on my radar. Yeah, so before I even got out of the shower and looked at this, I was like, you know what? I'm going to go look and see if in the media, scientists or people were publishing that snakes could have been a possible source. And then do you want to know how it is I'll know that it was true or not? It'll be real easy. Did anyone fact check those stories? I mean, you have to understand, two years, Scott, two years, we have had people on stages at Bards Fest going like this. Why are all these fact checkers fact checking away from the truth that we're telling? Like they're pissed, right? Doctors, scientists they are like, why are these fact checkers always like trying to spin the truth to some other narrative? And they all say the media is controlled. This is what they all say. You know, what's amazing right now. I have people in the same movement right now going like this. Nope. Nope. It's not snakes. It's not snake venom. And I'm like, but you said for two years that fact checkers, their job is to take truths and spin it back to a narrative, a false narrative they want you to look at. They did it for months, <laughs> from January through March, April, May of 2020. It was one fact-checking story after another to just look at bats until all of you were just looking at bats. And that's what they did. But what the truth was, I was like looking at these articles, and I was like, who are these media outlets quoting? Like, what's the study? So I went to look at the studies they were referencing. The Chinese scientists in January of 2020, looking at the Wuhan victims that first got COVID, they actually ran their antibodies, ran their blood, and they found that the virus itself, that it's codon usage bias, which means its genetic origin was most similar to two snakes, the king cobra and the Chinese crate, not bats. Bats were the third animal, but not the closest to being the origin. So I was like, oh, this is crazy. And then I looked up, there's another study that came up when I did that search that in France, independently of the Chinese group, they did the same thing there, except they isolated the spike protein for SARS-CoV-2 and they ran its genetic sequence and then put that genetic sequence into a database with a whole bunch of known natural in nature genetic sequences. I am not a geneticist. These geneticists did it. Not me. Don't shoot the messenger. I'm sorry, people. It's snakes, not bats. What they found in France in April of 2020 was the spike protein's genetic sequence was most identical to three things. King cobra venom, Chinese crepe venom, and then rabies virus, of all things. It was these three things. And what they said was these two snake venoms are considered neurotoxins, and they target one thing in the human body or in a mammal's body. They target what are called nicotinic acetylcholine receptors. These are receptors in the brain that control smooth muscle contraction. It also, if the venom, which they bite into an animal, when that, that neurotoxin gets to the brain, it shuts down your diaphragm's control to bring in air and you become hypoxic. You can't breathe and your oxygen levels drop. 
what does that sound like? Every COVID victim you've ever heard, right? Oxygen levels are dropping. You can't breathe. You're struggling to breathe. Anyway, they suggested and hypothesized when they saw that these two venoms were the most identical to the spike protein, they said, uh, if these target nicotine receptors in the brain that control breathing, that cause people to develop this respiratory paralysis and respiratory like disease-like symptoms that look like COVID, they said, uh, we observed also, they decided from that information that they were going to do a survey of all hospitals in Europe. And what they found was the least group of people hospitalized for COVID were smokers. It was less than 5% of all hospitalized COVID-19 patients were smokers. And they said, these scientists said, you would expect smokers who are putting in chemicals in their lungs to damage their lungs would be the most susceptible to a dangerous, deadly virus they're breathing in. But that wasn't what they were seeing. They said the smokers should be 95% of everybody in the hospitals. So what they said was, is it would be great if the world would fund some studies to see if there's a protective mechanism of nicotine because these viper-like spike proteins affect the nicotine receptors that affect breathing. And we're seeing this observed clinical finding that smokers aren't showing up in the hospitals as much as everybody else. Do you know what the FDA did in America when these reports started coming out in April of 2020? They went into the media, media with Walensky and Fauci, and they kept saying in commercials, there's no better time than now to quit smoking. Smokers are the most hospitalized and dying the most from COVID-19. They flat out lied to the whole world. They flat out lied to you. They wanted you to quit smoking because there was this observation on the other side of the world that could possibly be correlated to this nicotinic receptor venom attachment of the spike protein. And it's been amazing to watch. Um, it's been amazing. So I just have to tell you, this is one thing after another. After I read that, I was like, that's weird that the FDA came out and said, everybody needs to stop smoking. They're lying again to people. Then I went like this. If there's possible, if it's possible that venom is the actual biological weapon they call SARS-CoV-2, every single drug and every single nutrient, like your buddy, Dr. Eric Naputi, who got an $8 million lawsuit for suggesting vitamin D and zinc and vitamin C for COVID, I've wanted to know every over-the-counter drug, every prescription drug and every nutrient that the FDA, CDC and NIH, the Federal Trade Commission, the Department of Justice, who are targeting doctors and firing them for using those things, all I had to look up was hydroxychloroquine, for example, was the first drug they started bashing and restricting the use of for COVID. Imagine my shock when I found out that there were studies back in 1993 that confirmed that hydroxychloroquine and chloroquine are inhibitory to the neurotoxic effects of the venoms of vipers. I was like, I didn't know that drug did that. I thought it was just an antiparasitic drug. I didn't know it actually stopped or inhibited it at all. Uh, steak venom. What about what about ivermectin? Oh my God, it behaves just like suramin. Suramin's a drug made by Bayer. Suramin actually, in a study titled "100 Years of Suramin," there's one thing that suramin does as a mechanism of action, and it breaks it up into paragraphs. It can be an anti-parasitic, and they said, but it has horrible side effects. This is a drug made by Bayer Corporation. They said suramin is a wonderful anti-parasitic, but it makes people really violently ill and lots of symptoms as side effects. So they switched from using suramin for parasites to using ivermectin instead back in the 80s and 90s, which has less side effects and, and, and behaves a lot like suramin. But suramin, it says, two paragraphs later is, 
It's titled Suramin as an Antidote. And the whole thing is, for 100 years, they've known that suramin, which behaves like ivermectin, is inhibitory and protective against snake venom poisoning called envenomation. And I was like, holy cow, I wonder if they're targeting there. Pierre Corey, uh, Paul Merrick, who have been influential in saving millions of lives around the world and have been bold about it, have talked about consistently since May of 2020 that corticosteroids, they need to be allowed to use more than what they're allowing them to use because they found it was successfully treating COVID-19 patients. I had no idea. I had to just look this stuff up. I was like, are they telling Corey that he can't use corticosteroids possibly because it's effective at inhibiting the toxic side effects of venom from snakes? There's tons of research articles about that. And I was like, oh, my God. What about NAC, for example, the supplement, N-acetylcysteine, that the FDA in the beginning of the pandemic said no other supplements companies can sell this anymore, even though they've been selling it for 70 years. I was like, did they say that because they know NAC is protective? or inhibitory to snake venom. There's research studies for decades that show that N-acetylcysteine actually stops the blood clotting effects of snake venom bites. And I was like, oh my goodness, vitamin C, there's an inverse relationship to the amount of vitamin C in a man or woman. And if they get bit by a snake and go to a hospital or die, the higher the vitamin C, the less traumatic effects, death, hospitalizations, the lower the higher it is your risk for going to the hospital and, and dying from the snake venom. The snake venom enzyme is called phospholipase A2, and they are finding this in COVID-19 patients. It was first ever discovered in King Cobra venom, people. So they're finding it in COVID and making it the biomarker for people dying. So I just, I was going one thing after another going, could it possibly be that all people are looking at a bat virus or a virus in general and what if it's really just venom that they've either weaponized and put on a virus, like people said, the spike protein, which they say gain of function testing was put on a virus by Ralph Barrick at UNC Chapel Hill. Maybe he did. I don't know. But if he did, it doesn't matter. The snake venom is the weapon. The venom is the weapon. I don't care if it's in water. I don't care if it's in the air. It doesn't matter. There's only three things all human beings around the world have in common. They do every day. They have to breathe air, drink water, and eat food. If you want to poison the whole planet, you're either going to do it through the air, through the water, or their food. I had an opinion where I just thought, how bizarre is it that they could weaponize and aerosolize snake venom possibly? To me, it was, what if they're just doing it in the water? Like, What if they're just targeting cities with water? Just so you know, Scott, I still think that. I still think that's what they're doing. And it's been amazing to watch water system experts who have written books over the last 15 years about how the upcoming pandemics will be orchestrated through the water systems all around the world. And they've exposed that there's main water lines through every city in America with a parallel secondary water line that has check valves in it that can be automatically controlled to deliver toxins, pathogens to a house, one single house in a neighborhood. All of that is set up. They can target a house, a neighborhood, a community, a church, a mall, and they can just do it at a distance and just deliver anything they want through there. People have written books about this and have declared and warned people in Switzerland's government, Americans' government, you guys are setting up a possible pandemic to be delivered through water systems. It's not weird that I said that. Let me just tell you, can I handle the water thing real quick? Thank God for Stu. Thank God for Stu that he was so upset about the water thing I said that uh, that bothered him more than the venom, I think. <laughs> because 
the venom is the most shocking part of this revelation. The whole thing is everyone needs to look at COVID-19 as if it's Covenom 19. Like, that's what I call it now. I'm like, once you put on this lens, you can't take it off. There's nothing about COVID-19, the vaccine injuries, the actual hospital protocols called remdesivir. There's almost nothing that can't be explained when you look at it as snake venom. Every symptom. Scott, I didn't know this. I'm the chiropractor researcher at home. Remember, I didn't know what monoclonal antibodies were as far as antivenom is, 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 uh, is known. But Richard Bartlett knew he would just send that to me and I'd go look it up. Why? Because I'm going to look up everything. So one of the things I wanted to know in my inquisitive why mind, I wanted to know why are people in COVID-19 experiencing loss of taste and smell? This is abnormal. Everyone in the first year of the pandemic was like, this is not normal for a virus. We've never seen a virus do this ever. But now two years later that people have talked about it for two years, it's now becoming this accepted reality as a side effect to a COVID virus. It is not normal. It's never been normal. All I did was go like this. Is there a side effect of snake venom that makes people lose their taste of taste of taste and smell? Scott, it's on the NIH's website on Anthony Fauci's website. It's on his website that if you get bit by a viper and you treat the snake bite, like treat it and you leave and you're okay and you live. They said there, it says that there's this lingering side effect to snake venom that can cause a loss of taste and smell that can last for months and even longer than a year. Did you know that? No, that's fantastic. No, it's fantastic. And all of a sudden you're like, oh my God, the research, the geneticist, not Dr. Artis, in January of 2020, and separately in France in April of 2020, they said the spike protein was most like snake venom from two vipers, King Cobra and the crate snake, not bats. Notice on the NIH, there's no mention that the loss of taste and smell comes from bat bites. You want to know why? It doesn't exist. Just so you know. It's not what it is. It's venom. The hair loss with COVID. There's Facebook groups all over the world. We're getting, we're losing our hair. That is a side effect of snake venom. People around the world have realized, uh, lots of them, if they just go look, people woke up the next morning, Scott, and were sending me texts from around the world after that Stu Peters thing dropped. And yes, lots of people are like, oh my God, I don't think he did you a favor with the water. Really? The whole world has watched it. <laughs> it was amazing that it got everybody's attention and freaked them out to go look at the possibility. It might be venom. And ask me if I care about my reputation enough to find out that it's not in the water. I could care less. They're killing you with venom and making you sick. I don't care if it's in the air or in the water. That's what they're using. Look at the side effects. That's what it is. I don't know how they're getting it inside of you. The masterminds figured it out. I'm not a terrorist. I'm not a biological weapons specialist. I'm not a bioterrorist. But there's enough bad people out there who know what in the world they're doing, and they're using venom to do it. That. I am 100% certain of y'all can destroy y'all can figure out that this is not delivered by water. And I don't care because I never said that the weapon called SARS-CoV-2 that they call COVID-19 I've said for two years, whatever it is they spent for the last 20 plus years developing as a biological weapon, it sure does suck against God's created immunity because 99.997% of all people on the planet survived. Could you imagine, Scott, 
being in a lab and multiple labs around the world, being paid hundreds of millions of dollars to weaponize something that's going to create massive illness and death around the world to sell the whole world on vaccines. Hundreds of millions of dollars. And then you release it after decades. And oh my God, no one's dying. Like, oh crap, it didn't work. It doesn't matter if it's in the air. It doesn't matter if it's in the water. Stop being scared. Look, (laughs) it is not weird that I said, I don't trust the CDC messing with our water. You guys didn't even know this. I've known it for six months, even before I got Dr. Richard Bartlett's text about snake venom. I, I didn't know that, I knew six months ago, but you guys are just now learning. The CDC, since January of 2020, has been using one thing and one thing only as the predictor to go into the media and tell you in the news that there's an impending outbreak in your town. Do you know what they're using to tell you there's a new respiratory virus coming to your town? They're only using one thing. They're watching the water. If they're watching the water, why don't you watch the water? Every government around the world is only looking in poop water. Really? That's what they're saying. Really? Okay. Listen, everybody who's hating on me about me saying it's in the water, you're missing the whole picture. I said, it's venom, people. That's weird. Like They're like, you can't put venom in water. I said, it's venom. Like, that's not scary enough for you? Like, you're worried about trying to figure out if I'm right about the water? Man, you guys are you guys are a trip. Uh, it's venom. It's not bat nothing. It is weaponized venom peptides that have been synthetically produced in factories around the world for decades, and you didn't even know it. I don't care if it's in the air. I don't care if it's in the water. God's creation has won the whole time. Because if you put any poison in water, it dilutes it. If you actually put it in the air and dropped it from airplanes, sprayed it in a can, I don't care, it becomes diluted in the air. It is way less lethal as a poison or a venom than if you take a vaccine and inject it right into your body like a snake does. The entire agenda the whole time has been make enough people sick, scare the crap out of them, kill a whole bunch of them in hospitals with remdesivir, and then sell them on the fact that the virus is super deadly and you all need to get our shots. The whole agenda has been scare the crap out of them and lie to them so they'll sign up for our shots. So people have had asked me to be on Zoom calls galore to try to explain away all my findings and why I'm bringing this out to the world. And I said, I only have one mission. And that is to stop this evil vaccine agenda. Like, that's the whole thing. Don't be, don't, don't be afraid of the water. Your body already beat it. Over and over and over. Don't be afraid of the air either. Even though they're telling you to be afraid of the air, don't be afraid of the air. Scott Kesterson, I want to ask you a question. Listen, the CDC for 20 years, I have been going to city council meetings for 20 years in the towns I live, fighting to get fluoride out of the water that the CDC keeps putting in our tap water. Do you know that fluoride, fluoride is a neurotoxin and it causes cancer? Did you know that? Yes, I do. I hate I hate fluoride. In fact, I, I have a special water filter to take it out. I can't stand it. Yeah, I find it amazing now that for 20 years, I have been upset that the CDC has been putting a poison in the water. They also put poisonous amounts of chlorine to try to clean the water, whatever the reasoning is. It's toxic. So I put reverse osmosis systems on my house. And I have for years. This isn't new. Listen, the CDC has been okay to poison you with a neurotoxin called chlorine and fluoride in your drinking water. And all of a sudden you're gonna look at me and go like this. 
you should trust the CDC with the water treatment systems for the pandemic. This is a great way to look for this is a great way to look for respiratory viruses in our poop water. You should trust the CDC now. They're just doing this out of the goodness of their hearts. Look, all the people that are freaking out right now, which are not very many, but they're loud. The people that are freaking out right now, you've said this whole time. You haven't trusted a single thing the CDC has said for two years. <laughs> Imagine my shock when all of a sudden you now have to admit that you do trust the CDC. That looks weird. At least my messaging is consistent. I don't trust the CDC. I don't trust them messing with our water. That's weird. And for anyone who goes like this, which I've had people get on, they go like this. Dr. Artis, you don't know a thing about wastewater. This is sewer water. That sewer water does not end up back as our tap water. And as they're screaming at me, I'm like this. You know what? I'm not a wastewater specialist. They said they're putting it in the wastewater. That's what they said. They also told you to stand six feet apart and wear a mask that works. They lied to you. How do you know they're not lying to you? But number two, if you're going to sit here and say that wastewater doesn't eventually end up becoming our drinking water, the same people yelling at me about this are publishing articles for the last 20 years that people in cities, as they swallowed their pharmaceutical drugs for high blood pressure, cholesterol, depression, that those drugs, as they poop it out and pee it out in the toilet and flush it, it's showing back up in the drinking water of cities. And people are drinking other people's drugs. Look, can your messaging be consistent? Because you're not being consistent. You're publishing articles that wastewater is coming back as tap water and they're not filtering out the drugs. And you're worried about that, Children's Health Defense. If it's true, how do you know that this isn't going that way? What I find very interesting is they're just PCR testing the water and then telling you as levels go up, as you're pooping out more of it, oh, there's going to be a future outbreak in your town next week. That's not how it works. If it's actually sewer water and going out into the world somewhere else that you're never going to see it again, everyone's pooping out the virus. It already went through the town. And as the levels are going up, they're finding you already pooped it out. How can they declare there's a future pandemic in the next week or so? That's weird. It doesn't even make sense. It's not even logical. But you guys can try to figure out a reason to make that logical for yourself so you can trust the CDC. This is how Dr. Artis thinks. Ready? This is how Dr. Artis thinks. Listen, if a virus, it's not common for a virus to have any symptoms of losing taste and smell, but they've been telling you this whole time it's a virus. <laughs> and they're shocked with this weird symptom. But you just look up that snake venom. Does it cause the loss of taste and smell? And oh my God, it actually happens. And it can last for the time frame you're seeing with this supposed virus. And you can't look at that and go, man, maybe this is true. You can't look at that. That's weird. Okay. That just should be a logical thing to go like this. Oh, my God. That actually might explain why everybody's having this effect. Yes, it could be a possible thing. Don't dismiss it right out the gate. Scott, this is as weird as me. This is how weird it gets for me with the water thing. When people go, oh, my God, what about the water? Okay. How is this, how is this weird? Look, they're telling you it's a respiratory virus. They're, they're telling you to stay six feet apart. They're telling you to wear a mask because you're going to breathe it in. So it's in the air and people are coughing it, spreading it. Scott, I've been on like a hundred airplanes during this pandemic. Do you know I've never seen the CDC or anybody pull an air filter out of the plane to look for SARS-CoV-2 to see if people sitting right next to each other are breathing out, coughing out SARS-CoV-2? I would suspect from a logical standpoint, and remember, I'm not the public health expert, obviously. I'm the chiropractor and researcher who just tries to make sense of stuff. And if it's illogical, I'm going to go look it up. 
kind of like the text. The did you if you got bit by a rattlesnake, would you go get antivenom? That was weird to me because it's unrelated to COVID. So I thought, but it wasn't. It was actually related to COVID. I was like, oh my god, I had to go look into it. Look, why aren't they pulling air filters out of subway trains, out of hotels, out of schools, looking for what they say is a respiratory virus? I would love for somebody to tell me why it is that's illogical. I mean, I don't know. Why are you just looking in water? Governments around the world, people are finding out they're shocked that their government, they never knew it before this documentary came out, that countries around the world, UK, France, Wales, Scotland, that they've been doing it the whole time and they didn't even know it. Isn't that suspicious? Why aren't they telling you? <laughs> Why aren't they telling you? Our CDC didn't even tell the world that they were doing it for the first 10 months of the pandemic from January 2020 until September. And they never even told you what they found or what they were doing until September of 2020. I don't trust those people, man. They've done a horrible job taking care of us and they've lied to us. I don't, I don't trust them. So y'all can hate me for the water and love me for the venom because we just solved the whole thing. It's phenomenal. So this is real interesting, something you, you were talking earlier about, that just in the, the whole sense of the CDC. They have been the real design agent of this whole piece. And what's phenomenal to me is how much power they have had over policy and the direction of all things bond through recommendations. They don't have to necessarily come out with a study. They just need to say what needs to happen or what they feel. So I, I think what you're hitting on is really critical here too. It's so much of what we're dealing with is a war of perception. And when people hear something from a medical expert or a scientist, as we're told, because science now is apparently undisputed, that then we must obey that completely. It has a whole new name. It's actually Fauci. It's pretty awesome. Science equals Fauci. Got it. It is. Now, I'm going to jump on a couple of things here. One is your mention of vitamin C. Dr. Linus Pauling, matter of fact, I have the book right in front of me. I have that too. I love that book. Vitamin C and the common cold. I heard his last speech before he passed away, in fact. Oh, really? Yeah, That's it was awesome. fascinating. Um, he was excoriated by the media. A man who had two Nobel Prizes on his own. Not Unrelated right. to chemistry or nutrition. Correct. Or at least Unrelated. He came out with this theory on, on vitamin C to cure cancer, high doses. There is a study that I came across of a group that was working in Africa with the Ebola virus that was treating people in acute stages of Ebola that were then treating people with massive doses of vitamin C, something like 40,000 milligrams in an IV a couple times a day that was evicted out of Africa by the WHO and then discredited and said that they were trying to kill people with vitamin C, which makes absolutely no logical sense. So again, I, I think that we're seeing these these narratives of things that are obviously, what you're talking about here is so much of this is getting to the core of what's in these injections and what's in these viruses. So that's what I wanna to touch on here. So are you looking at the fact that the spike protein is synthesized through the venom? Is, is that what we're, what we're looking at here, the, the correlation there? All right, so did you know that uh, they're called oligonoids? They're actually extracted venom glands from snakes, and they have them in labs, and it just self-generates venom. Did you know they can do that in a lab now without the snake? Yeah, go, go look. Since November of 2020, they've been talking about the ability now that you don't need snakes to make venom. You can actually create them in a the lab. You can actually take these little, they're called oligonoids, I believe is the right word, and they actually take them out of the gland of a snake, put it in a Petri dish, and it will sit there and replicate new venom all by itself. You don't even need the snake. Uh, just so you know, I just got off a phone call before getting on here. Under, If you look at 
these substances found in snake venom glands that makes venom that's been isolated and put in labs, and you look under the microscope in the blood of people who got the Pfizer shots, you can see them in their bloodstream. And I, and I literally was on that call right before I got on yours, and I was like, wait a minute, do you think they're just injecting those things in people to generate venom? And she goes, that is exactly what I'm saying. And I was like, oh, that's not what I've been saying. I've been saying that they're actually taking it, possibly taking mRNA snippets of snake DNA, mRNA, mRNA. Okay. Mm-hmm. I think I need to make sure people understand this. I, um, let me just show you. Can I just show you? Let me just show you how my brain works. It went like this. I believe they're weaponizing venom. And I wasn't the only one from snakes. Two researcher groups that are geneticists and not doctor artists figured it out on their own at the beginning of the pandemic that it comes from two snakes. Imagine my shock when I was sitting there trying to figure out from my hurricane of emotions and mental clarity, trying to figure out COVID. I was like, wait a minute, because I don't know. I said, there's this doctor out of uh, British Columbia, Canada, who said when he ran a test looking for blood clotting in his mRNA vaccinated patients, he found 60% of them had this elevated D-dimer, which I'd never heard of. Now, in 60% of all of them, which means the body is creating massive amounts of blood clotting. And, and, th- and imagine my shock. It's in the Stu Peters thing, but this was shocking to me. I didn't know this. I had to go look it up. I wanted to know this D-dimer thing. I wanted to know, I looked online, what are medical doctors and lab technicians trained to interpret elevated D-dimer levels? I don't know, but people who are trained who look that test up, like look it up on a look it up on the blood panel of their patient. When they see it, they're trained to look for one of five things. I, I didn't know what they were. Imagine my shock. This is the article from medscape.com. How are elevated D-dimer levels interpreted? And it's from March of this year. Imagine my shock to see this. Number five. Snake venom poisoning. Wow. And I, and I just remember thinking, how is that possible? <gasps> no way. Okay. What if they are just injecting snake venom anything inside of people? If that's what medical doctors and lab technicians are taught to look for, like if you're suspecting a snake bite, do that test. If it shows a positive, you're right. Really? Vaccinated people are having this reaction. That's not normal. So I uh, immediately went like this. If it could be possible that snake venom poisoning is causing these D-dimer levels from mRNA vaccinated people, who created the mRNA shots? This is all I did. I was like, well, who made it? And then I want to know, whoever's credited with making these, can I find research studies where they used snake venom to do gene therapy, which is what these shots are supposed to do? with mRNA. Uh, The two doctors, which I'd never heard of in the last four months, none of y'all have heard of them either. Y'all just keep hearing about Robert Malone. He didn't invent these things. Thank God he didn't. But uh, what's in in these, I hope he doesn't admit to ever making these ever again. The two people that created these shots, the two people that created these shots are actually named Drew Weissman and Cataline Carrico. And they're two researchers at the University of Pennsylvania. All I had to do is when I figured out who it was that got credited with this, all I had to do is type their names in a search engine and go Drew Weissman and Catalin Carrico and Snake Venom Studies. Enter. Holy crap. 
since 2009, there are research studies where they took snake venom mRNA, wrapped it in, in nanoparticle hydrogel that all of y'all are hearing about in these new shots. And then it says in the methodology they, of the study, they also take that nanoparticle hydrogel and add what's called dynabeads to it. I didn't even know what dynabeads were, so I just highlighted the word because I'd never heard of it. And then I kept going into the study, and what I found was these two people credited with these shots that are causing massive amounts of death and harm around the world that we all agree on and are upset about. Imagine my shock that since 2009, they've been using something from snake venom to cleave, which is the scientific term for cutting RNA and DNA to get their mRNA technology inside the DNA. It's called snake venom phosphodiesterase, and it's right in their research studies. And I'm like, no freaking way. Then I wanted to know, what are these Dynabead things? So I looked it up. A company called Thermo Fisher Scientific makes these little bitty nano metal balls called Dynabeads. And guess what they are? They're called super magnets. And what they do is they put them inside the nanoparticle hydrogel wrapped around mRNA material for vaccines. And what happens is when you deliver the biological substance, whatever it is that's wrapped with Dynabeads, and you inject it into somebody, all of the little bitty magnets are the same polarity. So picture a magnet with a plus and a minus sign. They're all negative or they're all positive. So they immediately repel each other and go all throughout your body. But as soon as I read that they were called, look at their catalog, Thermo Fisher Scientific. All of a sudden, this weird mystery, Scott, that all of us have seen reported around the world since the vaccines rolled out. People have been magnetized. Like after the shots, they put keys and, and coins and stuff and it just sticks to them. Finally, I figured out why in the world people are magnetized. They have super magnets injected into their body. The same thing these same two people credited with these shots ever inventing them uh, were using since 2009 at least. And I want to make this very clear. The first study I found was in 2009 where the researchers who created the mRNA shots that are creating elevated D-dimers, which can be interpreted as snake venom poisoning, in their research they use snake venom. They are funded, it says, at the end of the 2009 study. It says that these researchers received funding from the NIH, but not just the NIH, just from one department, Anthony Fauci's department. And it says that they have been funded solely by the NIAID department of Anthony Fauci to do this. And this is what it says, people. It says they are solely funded by Anthony Fauci's department to develop mRNA vaccines to do gene editing therapy. They said from the beginning that these shots were not going to do anything gene editing. Um, the people who made these have been funded by Anthony Fauci for over a decade to do just that. And in 2012, they figured out how to actually get mRNA from snake venom into cow DNA using snake venom phosphodiesterase, cleaving it. And whether or not it was snake venom mRNA, doesn't matter. They're using snake venom to do gene editing therapy with their vaccines. 
And it's very disturbing to me. You know what else is really disturbing? That a lot of people have been so upset about and loud about from the beginning. I didn't care to ever talk about the PCR test. Why? Because I don't even know what they were. It was just a new weird thing. But it was forced on every medical doctor. And all the doctors around the country are like, this thing doesn't look for respiratory viruses. It never has. Two and a half years later, still scientists around the world, doctors around the world, even PCR experts testify that the PCR test does not diagnose respiratory viruses. That's what they say. Imagine my shock to find out that mRNA studies with snake venom for over 20 years, they use PCR testing on snake venom research. Really? And all the tests, the PCR tests that we've been using were being used in snake venom research to look for snake venom genetic material. That's what they're designed for and have been used for successfully. Um, and they can identify snake venom genetics, PCR test can. In 2012, they used PCR tests to actually find mRNA from stored venom from 1984 and that it was still biologically active. And then it just woke up the world to this idea that mRNA is the most stable in snake venom. And then they started wrapping it with nanoparticle hydrogel in different studies. And they're like, oh my God, it even lasts longer. It never dies. 38 years, it's still alive, it's still active. And then they wrapped it with Dyna beads and people don't know they're doing this. And so I just want you to know, PCR tests have been used for decades to actually look for venom from snakes. It's, it really solves a lot of riddles. And you're like, oh my God, once you put the lens on, it answers like almost everything. It's crazy. One of the messages that I think has been completely lost in all of this with the obsession on watch the water, which I hear you with the, the getting people to watch it, which was good, it, but it also they had a switch that went off on too many people, was the importance of what you were talking about with children. Because you talked about how children had a native resistance to venom. Can you talk a bit about that? Yeah, this is one of the things that was amazing. The next morning I woke up after the Stu Peters documentary. Look, I don't know everything about snakes. I'm a flipping retired chiropractor and researcher. This is not my wheelhouse. But there was enough to go, oh, my God, uh, uh, people need to know what I'm knowing and what I'm learning. I believe God was orchestrating the whole thing. It's been an amazing emotional ride. Uh, but uh, the next morning I woke up and these were some of the things I was hoping was going to happen. There's tons of questions I haven't had time to figure out in my 16 hours a day for four months. I just knew I was alarmed by two things. And we'll talk about it later. Why I had to bring this out now. Uh, and I actually did not love the big focus on the water. I, I wanted people to know about the venom, but it has made a bunch of people aware of the venom aspect, whereas they may not have looked before if there wasn't some sensational, ridiculous claim about water. So thank God for that. But uh, I want you to know that this is what came the next morning from the other side of the world. People from Europe were texting me in the middle of the night when I was asleep. And they're like, finally, we have an answer. I've been looking for an answer to this one question for two years. Why, if SARS-CoV-2 is so deadly, so pathogenic to cause disease, why are children almost unscathed by it, but adults are most affected? And th this person on the other side of the pond actually looked up what are some of the physiological differences between children and, and adults. And one of the things they found consistently was there's a hormone in children that is 
on average, much higher in children than in adults, and it's called melatonin. This is why children, when they're little, you know, they have a ton of growth processing going in their body. They need to sleep a lot. Melatonin is what they need to drive the sleep cycles. So they find a much higher level of melatonin in children. And then this person just went like this. Well, is does melatonin hormone, does it block or inhibit snake venom poisoning or bites in children? And one research after another kept popping up on the screen that melatonin hormone is inhibitory to snake venom poisoning. And she was like, finally, we have an answer that makes sense. Remember, if it's in the water or in the air, 99% of all of you survived, which means it's a sublethal dose. But children almost had no symptoms whatsoever. So whatever the sublethal dose of even the venom is, uh, the melatonin hormone was just one of those examples of an uh, answer to their symptoms, which was great, or the question they had for the last two years. Fascinating. So one thing we can be pretty sure of is that, and we've seen this already, there were clusters in the beginning of this when this COVID st- struck, however form they delivered it, there were clusters. Yes. And that was enough with a media frenzy to accelerate the global pandemic and panic of people as they started to look at clusters. So that means that, as you said, the shot itself has to be the primary delivery mechanism. Oh, for sure. Right. So then the, what's going on in the injection, you've identified these uh, micromagnets, uh, pearls, I think you call them. Yeah. They're little metal balls called dynabeads. Dynabeads. And we've got a, a spike protein that's derived from a snake venom. And then, we have the nanolipid gel, which was what they're wrapping that in, which is then delivering that to every cell effectively. Is that correct? Exactly right. Yep. So one of the things that my personal theory and one of the other reasons that your thing blew up so much is because one of the theses, which is pretty profound, is that when you look at this and you look at this from a scriptural point of view, you've now willfully been duped to accept Satan's DNA into your DNA. That's essentially where this goes. Is that a fair assessment? Uh, That's exactly what I think they're doing. I actually think that they're using a biblical, religious, like, joke. It's like a massive joke. We're going to actually, we figured out how to get snake venom or snake DNA into your God-created DNA. In the shower, when when Richard Bartlett sent me that text, I have been very open for about a year now. There's a guy named Pete Santilli that had me on a show like a year ago and it went really long. It was like an hour and a half. And after I got through all the Redesivere hospital stuff, he asked a question that no one was ever asking me. And he goes, Dr. Artis, can you really tell me who you think's behind this agenda? Do you have any idea or feeling? I said, well, most people like to talk about George Soros and Bill Gates. And I think Bill Gates wants to be in the media. Like, I think he just likes being on TV. (laughs) So he doesn't mind being the guy. Anthony Fauci loves being on TV. I said, but Anthony Fauci is not very smart. Like you, you can tell he's not very intellectual. So there's no way he orchestrated this whole thing. So what I said was, uh, I mean, look, do you really think that guy's intellectual? He says that if you question him, you're questioning science. Who, who says that? That's the weirdest thing ever. Like you're, something's wrong with you, man, mentally. Okay. All right. So I actually said on his show, um, I have a, a, an evil suspicion that it's actually the Roman Catholic Church doing this. And he was like this, what? Like he was shocked and I was like, no, I do. Uh, People are trying to figure out why Anthony Fauci says these are safe and effective. Why Walensky keeps saying they're safe and effective. Why Joe Biden's pushing them. Why Donald Trump's pushing them. Like 
Like everybody wants to know why, 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 why? And it doesn't make sense to them. I said, I actually think they're all reading a script that the Pope gave, gave them and tells them to read. I said, I don't understand why a man of the cloth who supposedly is most worried about divine revelation and spiritual intuition to protect man, why it is he continues to say we need to do two things in the world. We need more vaccines, he says, which is trusting science over God and his creation, which is weird to me of a man of the cloth over the whole world's religion of Catholicism. I said, it's just not, it's just weird. Why aren't you telling people to pray? Like pray for Jesus, who you say and profess is, you know, the, the greatest healer of all time. Why don't you do that? That's weird. I think that would be normal for a minister or man of the cloth. Second thing he keeps saying is the world needs to defund its military presence, reduce its military personnel, open up all its borders and create like a one world religion that he's going to be the head of. And to me, it really does feel like COVID-19 is kind of like, this is just me. It's just, I can have my opinion. Look, why aren't y'all so mad about George Soros? Every time y'all bring up George Soros and Bill Gates, you want me to get mad at you for bringing that up? I just said my opinion. My opinion is, I believe they're orchestrating the whole thing. And I said, I don't think that Rome has ever given up its attempt to conquer the whole world. I just believe they're trying to do it through religion. And I believe that the Order of the Jesuits is the group of the Catholic Church who's orchestrating all of COVID-19. And then when I started thinking about that and looking at old historical papacy doctrines about how the Jesuits say in order to accomplish the one world religion from the 1800s, there's documents where they say we have to destroy the Constitution of the United States because it establishes religious freedom. And in order to conquer the United States, which is the only country that stands in our way of having a one world religion, we got to destroy it. And the way we're going to do it, they said in 1857, we're going to do it by getting Jesuits in positions of power in government. And then we're going to flood the country with Catholics and empower them. Um, have you noticed what Joe Biden did when he got in office? He stopped the border building wall. He's like, we're going to stop all funding there. And now we're going to incentivize all the Mexicans to come in across the border illegally. You know what their religion is? It's Catholics. It almost reads like the whole Jesuits mission since the 1800s. Just flood them in and get them in. And then Anthony Fauci has said in 10 different interviews I've seen since in the last 40 years, he's been this director of the NIH. He actually openly says that he gives all credit to his success to his theology of the Jesuits. That's weird to me. Joe Biden went to Fordham University, one of the oldest Jesuit universities in the country. Like, I don't, I don't know how to not put this together for you people. Francis Collins, Anthony Fauci's boss, 2014 or 15, was flown to Rome by Pope Francis. And I can't see a Jesuit connection to Francis Collins. I don't know everybody's life and history, but I can't find one. But the Pope flew him to Rome and then said, I'm going to make you a chair, a chairperson over my Papacy Science Academy for the world. And then flew him back to the United States. Um, you don't think the Pope's been like, I don't know. I just, I just don't trust it. And I think that they're, I, I think as an organization, and I'm not talking about Catholics in general, Catholic parishioners. Those who are attending mass, I love you guys. Uh, that organization, though, the heads, there's no other organization on the planet that I can even think of that's got away with sex trafficking of children, molesting children, raping children, and then protecting the people in that organization that are doing it. And then moving them from one diocese to another for decades, 
they've been okay not punishing people that are destroying the lives of children through sexual abuse. Um, I can't think of anything more evil or more satanic in my mind. And so, yeah, they've been evil. They've tortured, murdered women, um, degraded women for years. Uh, they conquered countries, pillaged, raped, murdered, all in the name of Catholicism. And if you don't bow down and convert to our religion, I mean, that's not even Christian-like. So this is very not like Christian-like. So, yes, I believe that they're orchestrating this whole thing. I'm actually about the only one that talks about it, too. But I just think it's funny because you know who Dr. Sherry Timpany is? <laughs> I love that lady. Every time I'm with her, I'll go like this. You know, this is a very religious war, right? This COVID-19 thing. And she'll go like this. No, I need to correct you. This is a very spiritual war. And I'll go, it is. But those evil spirits are in humans. And those humans are in organizations. And they're orchestrating the whole thing. It's evil. Like, it's evil. And to me, I was in the shower and I was like, oh, no. What if they are using? What if? Right after I got that text, I was going through everything related to COVID. I was like, Holy crap, what if they're injecting people with snake DNA and doing gene editing to get the serpent's DNA inside of yours? All I did was go back to the Genesis story where God put enmity between Eve and the serpent and her children. And I'm like, what if they're just outright wanting to destroy the image of God inside of you? And oh my God, this whole thing, as I said in that documentary, was it's become more evil than I could have ever imagined. And it is. Patriots, that's the end of part one. Tomorrow night we'll have part two of the interview with Dr. Brian Artis. And tomorrow he'll dig into more detail and some of the background pieces, including the hand of God and how it's led him into this entire analysis. To me, this is a fantastic in-depth look at a, at the whole COVID scam. And I think Dr. Artis is onto something very significant. I will say this, that when you have a video that has gone viral, which was Stu Peter's work, which had, had, I believe the last count was over 10 million views. That doesn't just happen accidentally. Unfortunately, most people only took time to watch Dr. Artis's interview on Stu Peter's and it was very abbreviated into the depths of his research. So there was many misconceptions that were developed, including misconceptions on the issues of children, on the idea of the emphasis on the water, etc. But as you listen to the research in these longer interviews, which Mike Adams did another, and also did a series last week, excellent long interview form, you get a lot of the depth and the details of what a doctor artist is looking, has been looking at. So again, tomorrow night we'll continue with part two. Patriots, Let's do a prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this time coming together, and we're blessed by the many voices that are continuing to pursue truth and very humbled by all that Dr. Artis has done and has taken the bold stance to stand out in front, to hold the line, and to speak truth, to shake truly the perceptions of what has been accepted to force people to reconsider, to open their minds, and to truly pursue deeper investigation into the origins of this pandemic and the entire organization of evil that has instru instrumented it. Father, we just ask for you to continue to lead the many, protect Dr. Artis and his family, and continue to open the eyes of the many who have been deceived, who have been misled, or those that are 
entrenched into convenient narratives and are not continuing to pursue truth. Guide us, protect us, and we say these things in Christ Jesus' name. Amen. So, Patriots, it's a very insightful interview series. As you know, I like to open the floor up and let people talk, and Dr. Artis has a lot to say, and he's provided some amazing insights into this research. He's done some amazing research and connections, and this really is like watching a map as you watch through everything that he's put together and how all the pieces come together. So we'll look forward to hearing part two tomorrow night. Keep your head up and your eyes forward. Never bow to evil. Never relent. Always press into the fight. Patriots, keep your prayers up. We need lots of prayers right now for the strength of truth tellers and discernment and the continued pursuit of truth. God is with us. He'll never forsake us. And in the end, God will always win. But we are here in this time, in this place, for such a time as this. Occupy the land. Expand the kingdom. Mission forward. Patriots, I'll see you tonight for Fishers of Men. Until then or until the next time, God bless and out for now. We shall pay any price, bear any burden, meet any hardship, support any friend, oppose any foe to assure the survival and the success of liberty. Every thoughtful citizen who despairs of war and wishes to bring peace should begin by looking inward, by examining his own attitude towards the possibilities of peace. Too many of us think it is impossible. Too many think it is unreal. But that is a dangerous, defeatist belief. It leads to the conclusion that war is inevitable that mankind is doomed, that we are gripped by forces we cannot control. We need not accept that view. Our problems are man-made, therefore they can be solved by man, and man can be as big as he wants. No problem of human destiny is beyond human beings. Man's reason and spirit have often solved the seemingly unsolvable and we believe they can do it again. Surely the opening vistas of space promise high costs and hardships, as well as high reward. So it is not surprising that some would have us stay where we are a little longer, to rest, to wait. But this city of Houston, this state of Texas, this country of the United States was not built by those who waited and rested and wished to look behind them. This country was conquered by those who move forward, and so will space. We choose to go to the moon in this decade and do the other thing, not because they are easy, but because they are hard. Because that challenge is one that we're willing to accept. The energy the faith, the devotion, which we bring to this endeavor will light our country and all who serve it. And so, my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country.
an old evil that has waited thousands of years to show its face. It has only one intent, to destroy God's light and to enslave. It has no scruples, it has no rules but one, to win at any cost. But we will never bow, for we are the remnant that will hold the line. This is war. We fight. We push. We climb. We never give in. We become the nightmare that evil didn't know could exist. We pray. We stand. We live by the words, in God we trust. We fear nothing. We are the light that can never be extinguished. We are patriots. We are the digital army that will help deliver God's wrath.